In this episode, we're going to talk about how to build a huge business in a crowded market. We're going to tell a story about an entrepreneur who did this, and we're going to discuss some ideas and ways to come up with ideas when you spot a trend. Hey there, sexy techies. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 21. Ooh, I think that makes us legal. <laughs> Our if podcast we, is legal. If we were talking about years and humans and laws <laughs> and drinking. <laughs> so, uh, and it's a good thing that our podcast is legal because this episode is going to be a little spicy. Oh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you would know that if you read the uh, the show, like the research that I did yeah, that I, I always know. send to you. What are we talking about? <laughs> Please continue as I open the file. <laughs> so today's story starts out with an entrepreneur named Nicole Holloman. Okay. Uh, made a name Baker, Nicole Baker Holloman. Okay. Okay. So Nicole is an entrepreneur. She has a life coaching business. Okay. She's a life coach. Cool. She's also a podcaster. Mm -hmm. And her podcast is called Imperfect Success with Life Coach Baker. Okay. It's a mouthful. Yep. It is. Okay. And and that's like the before. Okay. So like there's there's a transition coming. Okay. But like we have to get there. Okay. Okay. So originally she starts out, she's a life coach. Um she uses her podcast as a lead acquisition channel mm -hmm. to um, get leads for her life coaching business, basically. Right. Uh, but she really likes podcasting. Mm. And she actually pays for a course. Like she enrolls in a course with a coach to help her become a better podcaster. Oh, interesting. Okay. So she actually learns a lot about podcasting mm -hmm. while she's doing this. Um, and while she really likes podcasting, she's... She's in a field that's very crowded, like life coaching. Life coaching, yeah. Yeah, life yeah. coach podcasts. Um, I didn't even really, I mean, I've heard the term life coach, but like I didn't really know what they did. Oh. So I looked it up. Yeah, so a life coach is a person who counsels or encourages people through personal or career challenges. Are you familiar with life coaching? Um, I am. I've, I wanted to be a life coach, actually. Oh, okay. In a previous life. <laughs> I didn't know this about you. Yeah. You you could have counseled me. I could have. Yeah. I mean, you still can. Well, <laughs> I needed a life coach to tell me to be a life coach. <laughs> I didn't have one. <laughs> so her podcast was pretty small. Mm -hmm. um, it started to grow a little bit after she went through this course, but she found it difficult to grow in this crowded space and like difficult to stand out. And she didn't say this, but I got the feeling that it like it wasn't her dream. Yeah. Even though like she wanted to be a life coach and she, you know, enjoyed the, doing the podcast. It just didn't, you know, she wasn't loving it. Yeah, right. It wasn't her passion, it seemed like, although maybe before she would have said it was. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So everything changed when she started reading a new book. Okay. Okay. Like so, a self-help book? No, not at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> so she started reading a fantasy romance novel uh, called Fourth Wing. Oh. Have you heard of Fourth Wing? Um, yes, actually. Oh, it, I, I had not heard of Fourth Wing. It is, um, the next, well, it, it's the next book in my book club. So I already have it because I'm a slow reader and I just <laughs> finished the other book and we haven't discussed the previous book yet, but yes. So I have that book and yeah, the person who recommended it, like said that it's like all the rage right now. Okay. Yes. So apparently that's true. So she started reading it and she got really into it. 
Okay. It's like a fantasy book. It's not like, it, it's like. Yeah. Fantasy mythical. romance. I said. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I just wanted to make sure. Cause that's not the genre that I normally would read. So it, it it's, I haven't like read it yet. I haven't dabbled in. Okay. But fantasy. I know you read romance novels. Oh, so I'm, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's like mythical creatures in it, but there's right. still some romance going on. Yes. Okay. Um, so yeah, so she got really into this book. Like she became obsessed with it. It's mm -hmm. all she would talk about. Um, she's married. Um, and her husband, like for like hours every night, she would talk to him about this book. Really? And, uh, maybe because he didn't want to listen to it or what, I'm not sure. But he said, if you love it so much, why don't you start a podcast about it? Oh, oh. And at first she was like, I can't start a podcast about it. I already have a podcast. Like I have no time to yeah. do a podcast, another podcast. Yes, like, I, I feel this. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, but then, you know, she couldn't stop thinking about it. Uh -huh. And mm -hmm. so she ended up talking to her sister, Lexi, mm -hmm. and kind of roped her in mm -hmm. and, and floated the idea and was like, hey, uh, what if we do a podcast about Fourth Wing? And she got her reading it as well. Just about Fourth Wing. We'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. Okay. okay? But they're, they're they're starting off on fourth wing, right? And she's just really into it. Yeah. So you mentioned fourth wing is huge right now. Mm -hmm. um, so when this was all going on, it was September of 2023. So only like four months ago. Right. Okay. So huge, uh, especially on TikTok. Apparently it was like all over book talk. Book talk. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they decided to go all in on it. Um, they teamed up. And she used everything that she learned mm -hmm. from her mm -hmm. previous podcast. Nice. So she needed a descriptive title. Mm -hmm. So they came up with one. Okay. Much shorter, easier to digest than the other one. They came up with fantasy fangirls. Oh. Cute. Okay. Very cute. They needed to be clear on what the show was going to be about. Okay. They also wanted to choose something very specific and very niche. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, because... That's how you find success in the podcast world, right? You have a niche topic that people want to hear about. Right. And she learned how to effectively promote on social media. Mm. That was something that she was good at. Yeah, right. So it's not just a podcast about fourth wing. Uh, she didn't want to pigeonhole herself into uh, just doing fourth wing because, you know, I, I think it might be a series, but there's going to, yeah, they're going nice. to end, right. They're going to run out of books on okay. fourth wing. So, so it's a niche, but not too niche. Yeah. Well, so it is a podcast about fantasy romance novels. Okay. Yeah. Oh. But there's a lot of those out there. Okay. So the way that they sort of niche down is they dive really deep into each chapter of a book. So in, mm. Each episode of the podcast is on one chapter of a book. Oh. Okay. So they like really go deep into the podcast, into the um, chapters. Uh, most podcasters will cover like a book in an episode. Right. right. right? And it's more high level, broad, yeah. uh, like book club discussions right. kind of. Uh, I, I imagine. I've never done a book club. <laughs> oh, you're missing out. <laughs> so her and her sister like really go into it. And people loved it. Okay. So their podcast took off immediately. So I mentioned they started recording in September 2023. Mm -hmm. Within the first three months after launching, so by Christmas time, they were up to about a million downloads oh of their podcast. Wow! And they had over a thousand paying fans on Patreon. Oh, so they also streamed on 
Patreon? No. So on Patreon, uh, if you pay to become their fan, they give you a few perks. Um, you can become a member of their private Discord chat. Okay. Um, so like to chat with them and the other people in the community. Mm-hmm. You can get discounts on their merchandise. They're producing merchandise now. Oh, cool. Uh, they do a monthly live Q&A. Um, and you get early access to episodes and ad-free episodes. So those are just the perks that like, you know, these really hardcore fantasy fangirls want, I guess. Yeah. I'm looking up their merch. <laughs> so I've watched some of their content on Instagram. It's clear, you know, they're very good at podcasting. Yeah. Um, extremely good at social media. They're funny. Uh, I mean, they're they're really entertaining. Uh, I don't know what they're talking like. I don't I haven't read the book, so I don't really know. But very entertaining. You know, maybe not as entertaining as us, but <laughs> you know. different genre <laughs> for sure. They've got some. I mean, they, yeah, they have some spicy material that they can talk oh, about. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I see. And they don't hold back. Oh, okay. Yeah. Get it, girl. <laughs> <laughs> so that's sort of like the framing of this conversation today, but it's not really what I wanted to talk about. It's oh. sort of just like the lead in. Oh, I thought we were going to start like reading excerpts to each other <laughs> <laughs> with like Barry White music. <laughs> so there's a lot of lessons that I think that can be drawn from this story. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also a good like launch pad for other business ideas that I think can be really interesting. Okay. Okay. So I've been doing some research and did you know that 82% of readers of novels in the romance or romanticy mm-hmm. fantasy uh, space are women? I, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not surprising, right? Right. That a large majority are women. Yeah. Okay. Um, but like, just like I'm, I ask myself, like, why is that? Why does the scale lean so mm-hmm. far towards women when it comes to these types of books? Because women are better readers. I don't, and I don't mean that in like a pejorative way. <laughs> no, but it's just this category of books. It's not books in general. Okay. So that doesn't, it shouldn't have anything to do with like who's better at reading. Like what is it about this type of book that makes it more likely to attract women? I wonder if it's because um, it's a way to escape their real mundane life sometimes. And I'm not saying that like all women have like a mundane life, but (laughs) you know, day after day, like, you know, you, you meal prep, you clean, you fold the laundry, you go to bed, you wake up and you do it over again. And so maybe like, this is a way to escape. I know that like some of the books that I've read, um, I, I really like the stories that, you know, can't just like happen in my everyday life. It puts me in like a new like setting and world and um so maybe it's just like an escape for women or maybe as men don't really I don't I can't like speak for men but like maybe they just don't have time to fantasize about that I don't know hey everyone short break to ask a quick favor if you're enjoying the show there are two things you can do to help us make it even better number one hit the subscribe button whether you're listening on a podcast app or watching on youtube and two Go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating. These two things only take a minute, but they mean so much to us and to the show. All right, back to the episode. I mean, that could be it. Like, that's one possible explanation. I don't I don't know. I mean, I don't think that women's lives are any more mundane than men. Um, so what I started to think about was, 
what's the corollary for men, right? For this space, like what's something that that large of a percentage of men are doing at that small of a percentage of women are enjoying, right? Watching um, sports all day. <laughs> actually, I looked that up. Uh, it's not quite as really? large of a uh, difference as disparity. you might think. Oh, interesting. Yeah, the disparity isn't quite there. Uh, I think it's more like 60, 40 or 65, Dang. 35. Yeah, something like that. Okay. So, but something that is almost identical mm-hmm. and really makes sense when you look at it this way is porn, right? Pornography? Pornography. Pornography. Okay. Yes. So 80-ish percent of pornography viewers, watchers are men. Okay. And when you think about it, like this is porn for women, right? Like these books hmm. are <laughs> basically pornography and written word. Like yeah. there's some story yes. in there. Yes. But I mean, I listened to some of their discussions on this podcast yeah. and yeah. like they go to town. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Like the book does, <laughs> like they do. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like the author goes to town <laughs> yes. on these mythical beasts and humans, like whatever is there. I don't know what's going on, yeah, but yeah. like there's nothing left to the imagination. Yes, that's correct. I mean, when I read books that have very descriptive sex scenes, like it's it's very descriptive. I mean, I don't know if you you want me to go into some of the books that I read, but yes, they like... It, it, actually, it's funny. It's not that they don't leave anything to the imagination. It puts everything into your imagination. So I think that's what's exciting about books like this is that like women can um, imagine like, again, the setting um, that it it puts you in. Whereas men maybe aren't like as creative and so they just want to see it in front of them and not like have to like worry about imagining it. I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, I, I mean, maybe that's the case. I, you know, I think there's also biological um, differences, right, between men and women in terms of Penises. what what they're <laughs> looking for out of that type of entertainment, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. um, and and also what it takes for them to be entertained or <laughs> yeah. in that way. Um, and so, you know, I think there, that's some of it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you think about that, like, distinction? Like, do you think it's fair to call these types of books porn for women? Um, yes, but, like, porn has, like you know, a very negative and like dirty connotation. And it's like, you don't want like women feeling guilty, like reading it in public. No, not at all. Um, I'm going to get to that as part of like the business justification too. Okay. There's some pretty striking differences though, in terms of the market size. So Mm -hmm. I was doing some research on market size. The pornography industry is a hundred billion dollar industry around the world. Okay. $13 billion a year in the U S alone. So it's enormous, Mm -hmm. right? Like there's, I mean, there's conventions, like there's all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, like you said, it is relatively private, right? Like it's a, for most people, porn is not something you talk about. Correct. It's a very private activity. It's taboo. It's secretive, like that sort of stuff. Right. The romance novel market, on the other hand, Mm -hmm. is only about one one hundredth of the size, $1.5 billion per year is the market size for the romance novel market. Um, It is the highest earning genre of fiction novels, Mm. and it is growing. It grew 50% in 2022, but it is a sliver of the size Mm -hmm. of the porn market when it serves 
you know, pretty much the same need for women that porn is serving for men. I yeah. thought that was kind of striking. Mm. Uh, Especially because a, a couple of things. One, women drive like 70% of purchasing decisions, like consumer purchasing decisions. Like right. they have the buying power and influence on most purchasing decisions. Right. Obviously, porn, in a lot of cases, if, if you know, money's being spent on it, it's probably, yeah. you know, on the side. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the women are not putting it in their stocking stuffers. Yeah. Them. Or like writing a check. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there is romance novels are very accepted, right? Mm -hmm. They're socially acceptable. You know, you have book clubs around them. You can, you know, no one's going to be, <laughs> I, I don't think people are shy about holding the book on the subway, right? If it's a, even if it's fourth wing or something like that, like, um, you can read it, you know, out in public. It's not nearly the same as if you were like watching porn on your computer, uh, well, right. in front of somebody else. Because when you look, I mean, when you glance and look at something and you see the fourth wing cover, you don't think that that's porn, but like, right. But if you're out there reading a Kama Sutra book and there are pictures on the cover, <laughs> then that's taboo. Right. So, why is it that the market size is, is so it, that there's such a disparity in the market size? I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like because it's just, it's cheaper to buy books. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know the answer either. I think that's just an interesting question. Um, I, I think that that, that tells me that there's a lot of room for growth in this space, right? If men are spending a hundred billion dollars a year on porn and women are spending $1 billion, $1.5 billion a year on romance novels, mm -hmm. there's probably some untapped market in that space, um, or there could be. I think it's just interesting to ponder that possibility. Yeah. I do wonder, though, if the price like increased on like fantasy romance books, I don't necessarily know. Like, Well, I don't know. If there's enough buzz around it and people say it's like a really good book and like you need to like read the descriptions and whatever, then maybe. But yeah, I'm not talking about raising the price for books. I'm talking about other stuff that could be, you know, other services or products in the industry that could, um, you know, add on to the experience. So uh, and I, I didn't know this, but I just Googled. So only about 10 or 11 percent of men um, report. That you know that may be low because it's self-reported, but re report actually having paid for porn. Yeah, I mean, porn is free. Like you can get porn. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't have to pay for porn. Right. Uh, I mean, they make a lot of money on ads. Mm -hmm. But um, so I, I have some ideas for you know this space. Okay. Um, I was going to ask. I need like some for instances. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to like pitch some ideas. Yeah. Um, and and throw them out there. So one is OnlyFans for romance authors. And when I say romance authors, I don't just mean the authors that are writing books like Fourth Wing. Mm -hmm. um, there are plenty of those. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure, you know, that people would pay for that type of subscription for those authors. Mm -hmm. But there's also a lot of amateur romance authors out there writing short stories and novels on sites like uh, Literatica mm -hmm. and uh, Wattpad is another one. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I, I'm just looking at what's available in the male centric market mm -hmm. and thinking like if you shift that to the uh, 
romance novel market. Mm-hmm. So you could have, um, you know, obviously it's not going to be the same type of content uh, on this right. OnlyFans, but it's like I pay you for a sc- subscription for, um, you know, maybe additional chapters uh, mm-hmm. that you only release on mm-hmm. OnlyFans, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, short stories, like spinoff, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, that's a good idea. I mean, there's lots of content. Plus, you can be in a community, right? Like uh, fantasy fangirls are doing. Like you can create that type of community uh, off of this OnlyFans or whatever platform for these authors. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure there are probably services out there that um, you know you can do this with. I know, like, there's Patreon, right? You can use Patreon for anything. Mm-hmm. But um, because you can use Patreon for anything, it means they can't really customize it to a specific niche. Mm-hmm. So anytime you have something like that, um, that product is sort of ripe for unbundling. So if you think of like Craigslist, for instance, mm-hmm. um, Craigslist is Craigslist was an extremely popular website, um, especially in like around 2000, right? Yeah. And it's still popular, mm-hmm. but nowhere near what it used to be. And right. part of that is because startups picked off like yeah. every section of Craigslist right. and unbundled it. So yeah. like Craigslist had like rental home rentals. Yeah. Airbnb took that. Yep. Right. Um, it had um, services like uh, hire a developer. Mm-hmm. You have Fiverr and Upwork. Mm-hmm. It had... Um, dating like personals right like um classifieds now we've got tinder mm-hmm. uh discussion forums you've got reddit mm-hmm. so like and each of those startups was able to build a better user experience because they tailored it to the problem they were trying to solve right so patreon's great because anyone can use it but that also means they're not going to build features for you know romance authors right right because right. they also have um, open source software developers right. right on there and musicians and you know all these different creators and people that you know need different services right right so that's you know just one idea yeah another and this is more analogous to the the male side of the spectrum um, think of shows like Bridgerton mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. like Bridgerton is basically softcore porn yes right yeah like we watched surprisingly so, yeah. the, at least the first season was i think yeah, they toned yeah, it down a little bit they did but there's always like a racy sex scene yeah yeah but like imagine if there were you know if uh these tv um production companies like netflix or whatever and this will probably happen mm-hmm. like licensed fourth wing or spinoffs you know not even mm. fourth wing, but like it, it seems like there are very few of those types of shows. Like, I mean, I I can name Bridgerton. I'm sure there's a couple others. I don't know how many that are on Netflix like that, but nothing that blew up like Bridgerton did in that way. Yeah. There was like that show like Sex Education. I mean, it wasn't like a. I felt like that. Yeah, that doesn't seem like a fantasy. Like that's not a romance novel no. or like a. It's definitely not fantasy. No, I felt like it was just a series to like have like sex scenes in and, and and not be too taboo. About yeah. It. No, I mean, there's sex on. I mean, there is nudity on like Netflix and other other channels. But like it seems like this is still kind of an unta- underserved market. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know what you mean. Yeah. So I, I think there's a lot that could be built in this 
space. And, just, and, and like this exercise I thought was interesting, not because of, because of like, I'm interested in building anything in this space. I just think it's, there are questions that you can ask yourself mm-hmm. um, yeah. to sort of figure out like in these markets, these huge markets, um, especially when there's this trend that you see mm-hmm. and you're like, all right, how do I take advantage of this trend? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to start a business around it, especially, you know, if you're into this kind of stuff. These are just some like frameworks that you can think of and for coming up with ideas in this in these spaces. Yeah. And I think it's kind of cool. Yeah. I do have a word of caution, though, when you're trying to like think of business ideas. Mm-hmm. And this would apply to me in this conversation. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to come up with a good business idea in a category that you are not right. the target customer yeah. or like very close to the target customer. So like you have a like very close relationship with someone who is the target customer and you can learn from them. Um, it's also very easy to come up with bad ideas that seem good to you because you don't know the market right. very well. And you're right. like, oh, I bet they would mm-hmm. use this or I mm-hmm. bet they would do this, right? And I've actually seen people do that and they just... I mean, it's just a huge failure because, you know, they're like, oh, I bet they would use this website because, right. you know, it is, a, a, you know, they do see a tangent in another industry mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, we'll just plop that into this and they'll love it. Right. And that may not work at all. Yeah. Right. It's like you don't know the market because you're not a user yourself. And so you don't really understand. Right. What people are looking for. Well, not. And that's definitely true. And that was my original point. But but also I just thought of this like. I've seen it also where it can come across as very inauthentic mm. when you as an outsider try and build something. Like think about if sure. if me, like mm. uh, if I, <laughs> you know, non-reader of these mm. novels, mm-hmm. you know, built this platform and, you know, approached women readers right. and said, hey, I, I built this, use it, right? Yeah. Like, and, and I know nothing about the space. Right. And it's not because... I'm a, I'm a man, like I'm a man could do this if they were in that community and yeah. like new people and that sort of stuff, but that's not me. Right. Right. So some advice, I guess, if you're, you know, looking to do something like this one, try to come up with business ideas where you are in the target audience, mm-hmm. right? It's a space, you know, or it's a space where you actually have the problem, right? Like you're actually struggling with something and you're like, this could be better because of something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's not you, I mean, get a co-founder who is in that space. Mm-hmm. Like that would be ideal. Like that's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, if you can't do that for whatever reason, you better really get to know the user persona, right. like the, the customers in that space. Like right. you should Im- immerse yourself in the space and learn it as best you can. Yeah. Uh, would you say like with an open mind or with a critical mind? Because, you know, let's say you were like, oh, you know, I feel like I could get, make a really good business idea in this like romance fantasy world. I'm going to start reading these books. Would you be cynical about it and be like, Oh, you know, reading these books, I can see like a lot of room for improvement. Or would you just like dive headfirst right in and be like, I wonder what it is that makes people really excited about this. I'm going to shift my mindset to be like that. You know, if you're trying to understand the if you're, if you're just trying to immerse yourself, I would just say, read the, you know, read the book, just learn what it's about. Yeah. I mean, but, but really you're going to learn more by talking to people who are right. in that market. So like yeah. find out 
what they love about it, right. uh, what they don't like about it, what else they would pay, like. You're you're trying to find out what else they would pay for, and you know we like you like to talk about problems. Like we that's what we like to talk about, like finding the problems. Mm-hmm. That's harder when it comes to entertainment because it's not it's not really like a problem per se mm. that I have. Mm. You know, as as the end user, um, it's mm-hmm. more of what am I willing to spend money on, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and what's where's the um, where's like the fan appeal? Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm not sure what the best way to put that is, but like, what do people go crazy for and how can you give them more of that? Right. Right. That's what, um, these fantasy fangirls tapped into, mm-hmm. right? Like they found millions of users who want nothing more than to hear people, mm-hmm. you know, when, when they're done reading, they don't want to be done with that book, right? Mm-hmm. Like they want to, yeah. they want to, stay in that uh like going back to what you said that they want to stay in that fantasy world yeah. and in that community right it's almost like the book's still going on yeah right because yeah. people are still talking about it and um by going deep into each chapter they're, mm-hmm. they're really making it last yeah no that's <laughs> <laughs> they've got stamina that's for sure <laughs> i think that's really cool that they found they found what works and they also, and it still caters to to what they're interested in. I think that's just like such a home run. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and lastly, if you can spot a trend, mm-hmm. preferably early, mm-hmm. like while the trend is still on the upswing before it's peaked, mm-hmm. um, and you can ride that wave, uh, you can have a really successful business. I mean, and you know, there's not room for just one of these businesses, right? It's not like, oh, somebody's already doing that. I'm too late. Right. Like if you can differentiate yourself, mm-hmm. uh, I mean- there are other podcasts, right? If somebody wanted to become a podcaster um, mm. in this space, like you could take a different approach to it, right? And you could probably still get a, a huge audience. Now, I'm sure, you know, it's becoming more and more crowded. And like the longer you wait, you know, you're going to miss that peak. And right. then, um, but I mean, it's also not just this one book, right? Like, and that's why they didn't make it about fourth wing just, specifically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they've built the audience and now they have the, um, the domain expertise, right. And the community, uh, to make it continue to, uh, along to whatever the next, you know, popular series is. And they're already on to other books. I don't know what they're reading now. Okay. But. I do. Yeah. I do wonder if fourth wing became popular because of their podcast or no, it was already, it was already like was, super popular. Yeah. Was. Like they noticed that it was very popular on TikTok, okay. and that's why they decided, I mean, that's one of the reasons they just decided to start the podcast okay. I think but I do wonder if now like they've grown their audience so much that they have the influence and and so if you're an author or you know you're a publisher that like you know these are the people to to partner with oh yeah that's yeah great point definitely uh, I mean podcasters um, youtubers mm-hmm. yeah I mean you can get your book out into you know in front of so many loyal right fans right. this way yeah Okay, Tony, it is time for our dull dad of the day. What? Is that is that real? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Aww. It's time for our hot mom of the week. Yeah. Whoa, last time I checked, I'm still hot. Real hot. I really thought the dad was gonna get some play today. <laughs> no. I was trying to think of like the exact opposites of the <laughs> things that we say. The most boring <laughs> dad on Instagram. <laughs> I just wanted to keep you on your toes. But um, there's a lot of um, book talk 
creators out there. Okay. Um, and so it was really hard to, you know, pick just one. So I thought maybe I would pick somebody who maybe has the most unique story and the most unique content out there. So um, our hot mom of the week this week is Stephanie Hawkersmith. And her handle is at Pie Lady Books. It's a unique handle. It is. And once you search for her, you'll see why. So over 15 years ago, Stephanie was diagnosed with celiac disease. And she had some neurological implications that put her in a wheelchair. So looking for a way to heal, she... Um, you know, she became gluten-free. She had a gluten-free diet, and she turned to her two favorite things to help her heal with this. One was reading, and the other was gluten-free baking. Two very random things, yes. two very niche things, mm. but she found a way to combine them and make content. So she decided to pay homage, homage. Mm, I never know. Homage. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> she paid tribute <laughs> to her favorite book covers by baking pies that were inspired by them. And so some things that um, I started noticing as I was part of this book club is that book covers are gorgeous works of art. They're not just regular like leather bound books anymore. And while there are still some of that and that those are classic and beautiful, there's you know, brilliant colors on some like book art and there's, you know, subtle like nuances that kind of tell the story of what you're about to read in book cover art. So she, she adds food coloring to her pies and makes these like intricate designs out of the pie crust. And her pies can like take up to three hours sometimes depending on the colors and details involved. But, um, she basically posts what book she's reading and a pie um, next to it that is inspired by that that book cover art. Does she sell these pies? Um, that's a good question. I didn't see a place where she sells her pies, but she does promote books. And um, Yeah, I'm looking at some of them, and they are pretty identical to the covers of the books. I know, the color kind of fascinating that she does this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what started as a healing process just became this, like, kind of cool niche following that she's um that she's created i mean she has a lot more um followers on instagram it looks like she's still pretty new on tiktok um she does have a youtube where she kind of does like time lapses of her like making the pies which is really cool content as well yeah um apparently time lapses is a cool uh content oh, for baking create for anything i mean we have a friend who cleaned a pool on oh time yeah lapse people and, love time lapse videos yeah. on like youtube yeah yeah so time lapse anything is is a content uh idea so she's a stay-at-home mom of two boys in colorado springs um she's been gluten-free for about 17 years and she's been baking gluten-free pies for about 16 years wow you know what question i, I was you know i would ask myself when i look at these what is it pie like, is it cake? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You keep asking me to watch that show. We haven't watched it yet. But it's like, so good. I mean, I, some of these don't look like they're pie at all. I know. It's, it's, they're definitely works of art. And again, a lot of people, you know, post about their books or, you know, book club books that they've read. But I think this is like a cool way to, and I've read a lot of the books that she's pied. Um, oh. So, um, 
I can attest to that the fact that she not only um, makes pies that are in line with beautiful book covers, but they're also really good books to read. So um, I think that's a cool way to um, spread awareness about books too. So follow her on Instagram. She is at Pie Lady Books. And follow her on TikTok too and grow her following there. Well, that's all we've got today. If you enjoyed the episode, hit the subscribe button. And reach out on social media. Dot coms. And hot moms. Signing off. Signing off.